0: I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. Just a quick note that there is some background noise and clicking in this episode that I was unable to clean up, but I hope that you still enjoy the episode and enjoy my conversation with Charlotte Prowse. Joining me today, I have Charlotte Prowse. She is a UNM runner. Uh, She's run uh, cross country, steeplechase, 10K, 5K, a bunch of different things. Uh, Multiple time, all American, Uh, recently, Mountain West champion in the 10,000 meters and so and runner-up in the 5,000 meters. So thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, you know, I guess my first question is how did you get into running?
1: Um I played a lot of sports growing up. I was I think uh, a kind of tomboy for my dad since he got stuck with two girls and was the only man in the house. So I was kind of like the the son he never had in a way. I was always just running around and playing a bunch of sports. Um, and I think like most people, I think in running, or at least from my experience is that they were only really good at other sports because they were faster than most people. And that was definitely what I experienced. Like when I played soccer and lacrosse, like I was just always the one that they would, you know, kick a long ball or throw the ball down the court and just know that I was going to get there first. So, um, that's kind of my start into it. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and yeah, I kind of did it for fun a lot growing up. And then like in my earlier years, I guess you could say like in elementary school, um, just cause it was like, weirdly enough, the sport that like everyone did. So it was kind of like a little club. And then when I got into high school, I kind of started to stop doing other sports and focus on running. Um, but I still did swimming in the winter times and through throughout high school, which was nice. I think it kind of gave me a lot of room to grow when I was going to be moving on with my career into the NCAA and didn't leave me kind of burnt out even before I really got started. So
0: yeah. I think uh, like you said, a lot of athletes, you know, starting off and and they're fast or they they have that endurance, right? Like you can go the whole Mm -hmm. game without being as tired as everybody else.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I was always the person who was never really on the bench. It was like, we're going to just use her as much as we can anywhere.
0: Right. And I think, you know, to your point on on the swimming, keeping that up, I, I really think it's an underrated complementary sport to running, especially in high school, because you get off the pounding, but you're still working on that aerobic base, which I th- I mean, is obviously so helpful in the distance events.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think just as well, it was really humbling for me, which I think is always a good thing for everyone to have every once in a while is to kind of be knocked off your perch. Um, I think it was easy for me in high school to be like, I'm so fit and I'm better than anyone at endurance things. And then I joined the swim team and I was like, all right, just kidding. Taking that back now. Um, (laughs) but it was also just like a fun experience. Like I loved the coaches. They were, you know, one of them was the cross country coach as well, and one of the teachers at my high school that I really bonded with. And I mean, I still even am really close with them. So it was just more time to get to be with those people. And I, as well, it kind of opened my eyes into gaining appreciation for other sports. I think it's easy to kind of get sucked into your own little world, especially in distance running and not really meet other people or try other things. So it humbled me. And it, I think as well, made me appreciate other athletic sports as well. And it was just a non stressful time. And I'm really glad I ended up doing it. I think if it's easy to kind of have just done indoor track um, with like a club team, but I think especially being in Canada during the winter times, it was nice to like, not want to be full on in training with running when the weather was bad and kind of just like run and then have swimming to make up the difference of not Um, really crushing it through the winter
0: I think that's a that's a great a great takeaway from it and I think you're right you know a lot of especially distance runners it's easily easy to just zone out and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just gonna go and do my you know long runs and you know do some intervals and just kind of be out on the trails and be out on the road and just continue with that pounding but
1: yeah for sure
0: especially you know again younger you know having the, those breaks and and even as you get older to really kind of cross train to learn how to how to manage your body i think that's really helpful
1: yeah uh, for sure and i think i i've just seen so many people that i've raced against in the past or like have been friends with that really went after it in high school in their younger years and don't really find joy in running anymore and that's not something i wanted and I am grateful for that i still don't really love the cross training so you probably will not catch me swimming if i don't absolutely have to but i'm appreciative of the ability to do so if i have to but if if i had a choice it would be no so
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm with you on that i think it's important but i am horrible with it as well so (laughs) yeah you know, you you mentioned growing up in Canada and I, I meant to include that in, in my intro for you. But what is it like, I guess, the the sports systems running in, in mm-hmm. Canada as opposed to to the US? Because I know, you know, in certain countries that you you don't run for a school, you run for clubs. How does that work mm-hmm. in Canada?
1: Um, so where I'm from, I'm from Ontario and it's pretty well set up in terms of high school, but it's definitely it's so different. Like, I remember my freshman year just talking to the other freshmen about like their experience and like they didn't have any idea what I was doing up in Canada, which is fair. I think that's kind of the normal thing. But I think it's just not as serious as in terms of like on the radar of people. Like I I remember hearing about like NXN and all those things. And I didn't really know much about that until like I was a freshman in, university because I just wasn't really aware but during high school we have outdoor and cross country with our high school so I competed for my high school with that but as well did club once on the weekends and then I would do the odd indoor race for a relay during the winter in high school but that was really it and it was more for like opportunities to do things after the high school season so like making World Youth um, was because I did events with my club after the season, um, which was similar to qualifying for Pan Am's my last year of high school. But apart from that, our OFSA, it's called OFSA, which is like the Ontario Federation of something, something. It's like a really long abbreviation that makes no sense. But we joked about it a lot in high school, like people even now, like I've talked to Gabriella about it a lot. And like Justin, who are from Ontario, that OFSA during high school felt like an Olympic championship. We used to call it the OFSA Olympics because it felt like the end of the world, like the end-all be-all while I was in high school. And now that I look back, I'm like, I was really dramatic about something that means nothing now that I'm in the NCAA, but it was super fun and super competitive. And it was a cool meet that like Nike put on and sponsored. And I think Moa actually still goes back and does like all the fun stuff that they have in like the athletes tent. and um London was my high school is actually supposed to host the off the championships in London in 2020 but because of COVID it was canceled which was sad because I was supposed to go back and like do the starting but it's definitely not as I guess out there in terms of the sports world comparative to the U.S. but Um, I mean, you look back at the people that we've had and also like Gabriella, Justin, Ben Flanagan, like we've had Mohamed, Melissa Bishop, like Ontario has really had some studs. So I think it may not be the most social media popular event, but we really bring it in terms of star power. So I guess that's something I'm appreciative for that high school wasn't like actually the end of the world, even though sometimes it definitely felt like that lining up on the start line. But it was... I look back and I'm I'm grateful for it.
0: I think a lot of high school runners or athletes in general, I mean, they're gonna feel I think that way, you know, where wherever their highest opportunity to go is, you know, for some kids here in New Mexico, it's gonna be that state meet and some of it will mm-hmm. be NXN or um footlockers or you know, whatever it is that they decide to go to. So making the best of what you have. But I mean again, you you ran you ran really well young and you're continuing to run really well. So, I mean, obviously it's, it's uh, worked out well. And like you said, there's been plenty of, of athletes to come out of there that have been, you know, pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. I'm really, really grateful for the coaches I had growing up. They were all like incredible and still women that I keep in touch with and see every time I go home. They were three women that are quite spitfires. And just like really were patient with me and knew that I was going to be an athlete that was going to continue past high school and made practice like fun every single day. We would do ice cream runs on Thursdays and like run to an ice cream store and then get ice cream and walk back and never pushed me past what I needed to be doing at that age, at that stage in development, but also allowed for me to still accomplished goals like of making world youth and Pan Ams and as well like being successful enough to like go after um, a scholarship in the states and you know be as successful as I could be but also left a lot of room for growth so as I've grown I've just been so appreciative of how they were and how patient and how careful but as well just great people and great mentors and I'm really grateful for them and They're they're awesome. They're three of my favorite people. So I'm looking forward to hopefully continuing having them cheering me on on the sidelines because they're quite a riot when they do so.
0: (laughs) Well, I got to say, I my high school coaches we had an ice cream run as well. We'd run to Dairy Queen on on Friday. Amazing! It is the best thing. It is so. I have tried to keep that up with with the girls I coach, but it's pretty much limited just towards the end of track. But I it was such a a fun experience, such a bonding experience. Like I I, I, I can I feel you on that because it, it, it really is just so so just fun. Like you said, it just makes it fun. It makes it enjoyable. It it breaks up the, you know, everything else that you're doing.
1: Yeah. And I think just as well, it's something that's so needed, like at that age, like knowing that okay like you don't have to have a big run every day and get ice cream after and like it just made things really enjoyable and i think as well kind of took off that level of like every day has to be something like really hard or has to be some big run and i think it just their memories of like the walk back um walk back from the ice cream shop to our high school with some of my teammates that are like some of my fondest memories. And I'm I kind of miss those days. I wish that we would do them here at UNM, but it's it's a different ball game now, which is fair, but we still get the ice cream on the weekends just after our runs now. Yeah. Not sadly no walk back from Hispanic, but if we tried to make it work, we probably could, I guess.
0: <laughs> I I think it's pretty amazing as well that you You know, you talked about the three female coaches that you had, and that's something that gets talked a lot about now, how few there are, you know, here in the Mm -hmm. United States. And obviously, I mean, you mentioned them having a big impact. It it must have been really cool in your your formative, more formative years to be able to to have that experience and and watch these women, you know, be able to coach and do, you know, something that you were aspiring to.
1: Yeah, and most of them were runners themselves. And I think it was funny, like when I came to the US and um, kind of joined the NCAA and people would talk about how it's like really um, unfair, like how little amount of coaches there are in athletics and specifically in like coaching levels. I was kind of like, what? Like, that's a thing. Like I've, I've only ever had female coaches and I hope that it continues to you know, be like that. And people have the opportunity to, you know, have people that not only inspire them in their athletic career, but as well in their academic or in just in their life. And those, the three women all do that for me, you know, they've always supported me no matter what. And during times when I've really been struggling, they have always been there for me. And whether it's on the track or off the track, they just want what's best for Charlotte. And um, that's something I'm really grateful for. And I think um, is something that people need in athletics. It's such a lonely sport. And especially in distance running, it's such a a mental game and a lot of time in your own head. And I think just having people that really lift you up and coming from a coach, especially is just so important. And I think it really allowed for me to have trust in coaches. And I think that's also just a good thing in general with joining a program and yeah I'm hoping to that the female coaching kind of movement continues to grow and moves its way into the NCAA I think you know what the coach is doing at BYU is hopefully just the start of that and kind of just continues to uh, keep the ball rolling and picks up steam as it goes
0: exactly I think I remember seeing um, not only her and I'm blanking on her name right now but I think it was three of the top five women's teams at um, NCA nationals were all coached by women, which is, you know, obviously. Yeah. It's amazing. I like to see, so
1: yeah, I, I think, you know, having males as coaches, um, I mean, I've had two males now as my head coaches during my career, but I've also had women um, on the staff. And I think just there's obviously no, saying that women are like the better answer for female distance runners I think it's obviously a personal preference and I think people are so different but I think just issues that are about females specifically um is something that I think might feel safer for a lot of people talking to someone who kind of looks like them has gone through it and um I think that's just something that should be an option for someone I'm not saying it has to be what everyone chooses but hopefully there are more opportunities for people to have that opportunity and um yeah it's something that i've been really grateful to have been able to experience and it's really exciting to see that in the ncaa i'm close friends with the nc state coach's daughter and um her as well and seeing them do successfully was was super awesome it's definitely like a very girl power moment and I was there for the team huddle after that just for With all the female coaches but maybe when i'm done my time at unm i can be more buddy buddy rooting for for others like that but laura does a good job here at unm so she's she's holding up the the women's side for us
0: that's great (laughs) (laughs) uh you know i saw that you had started you know again talking back in in high school doing the steeple and they do the, the 1500 steeple in Canada, right?
1: They did when I did it. So I started doing the steeple chase my final year of high school. And at that time, yes, it was a 1500 steeple. Um, I think in the last year or two, they've moved it up to a 2K steeple, which is what it was just for the males at that time. So I'm kind of jealous because a 1500, it felt like you were sprinting the entire way and is nowhere near the same as a a steeple in college. Well, in in pace it is, but in at that time in my life, I I felt like I was sprinting the whole way.
0: I mean, I, I was gonna say, you know, a a nine thirty. Um, I think what nine your PR right now is like a nine thirty six or something. That would be a a pretty quick pace for a lot of people, just in a without the <laughs> steeples anyway. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it definitely felt really fast in high school, and then the summer after high school, prior to going to UW, I had run a 3K steeple to qualify for NACAX, which is like the North America Championships, and it definitely felt a lot different, but I liked it a lot better. It felt less dangerous in terms of going full speed at that time towards a barrier. (laughs)
0: What is that like with the steeple like in a in a big race and you've got that crowd and you know that barrier's coming like how do you i guess manage where you're going to position yourself to make sure you don't jump too late or run into someone or or anything like that
1: Yeah, it's definitely something that's you always gain experience from the steeple doing that But during my freshman year at UW, I had a really good hurdle coach that was actually a 400-meter hurdleist coach, but he did very kindly, did a bunch of research and watched a bunch of old steeple films to kind of learn the event. And he would have me, when I first started working with him, walk towards a barrier with my eyes closed, and then he would tell me when to open them. And then I would, I started just like walking over the hurdle to kind of, um, kind of do what would happen in a race if like there were a bunch of people in front of you where you weren't seeing it until the last second. And then slowly as we progressed through the season, I would jog and then open. And it was really scary at first, but it's something that I'm really grateful for. I think it's not something I would have ever thought of doing myself. And I felt really special that he kind of researched that because it's definitely something that in the steeple is a big factor, especially in races that are super clumped together. And um, if you haven't had the experience, you know, at world juniors or international events where it is very much a pushy clumped together event, it can be quite daunting. And I'm grateful to have had those opportunities because um, hopefully, you know, leading into a professional career, I won't be as kind of shell-shocked when Um, Some East Africans don't touch the water barrier and just go flying through the water pit without touching anything, which is something that was quite an experience my first time.
0: That is a interesting strategy. I mean, I don't know anything really about the steeple, but that I I mean, I can see what you're talking about, how that could be helpful, extremely scary. Mm -hmm. but
1: (laughs) Yeah, the first few times I was like, are you sure? (laughs) <laughs> that this is okay for me to be doing. You want me to close my eyes, but thankfully, I, that actually, nothing poorly happened from that. It it managed to only ever happen during a race, but you know that's okay.
0: <laughs> you talked about moving up into the into that three k and definitely feeling more comfortable with it. Is that your favorite race right now? The steeple.
1: Yes. It is for sure. As much as people apparently want it to be the 10K now, I am sticking my spikes firm in the ground on that. I'm going to be a steeple chaser at least for the next few years. Predominantly, I'll dabble in some of the other other events, I'm sure. But yeah, I think I'm ready for a big steeple. I think it's been. I've been ready to kind of crank out a big one, and um, I think that's kind of just where my my heart lies in terms of the track as of right now but it's always fun to try other events and always humbling as well so i can't just only steeple that's unfortunately not not how it goes but it's always <laughs> good to work on your weaknesses as well
0: <laughs> what is the difference between kind of the strength it takes to run a 3k you know just under two miles with all those hurdles and you know, just a straight 5k and just a straight 10k?
1: Um, now that I'm such a 10k specialist, apparently, (laughs) um, it's just so the difference, I think mainly with those events is that specifically the 10k, it's just a lot of laps and it's a lot of time that you have to zone out. Whereas, and in a 5k, you kind of try and zone out for like the first three kilometers whereas the 10K, you try and zone out for the first six kilometers. But in the steeple, you can't really do that. I think it's an event where you kind of always have to be focused in and making sure you're attacking the hurdles and um, attacking the water pit and, you know, getting in a good position. And I think just for me and how my brain works, zoning in is better than me zoning out. So, um, and I think the coaches would agree on that. So I think that's kind of why I favorite that event because I think it's just a lot nicer. But definitely on the body, I would say all three are pretty similar. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think body-wise, like the feeling after a 10K or the feeling after a really hard 5K indoors and a 3K steeple are pretty similar. A 5K outdoors is nice. It's like not that bad, but indoors, it's not the greatest
0: that's a lot of sharp turns indoors (laughs) yeah
1: yeah it is especially if it's up here but yeah
0: (laughs) well and you talked about the uh you know how your body feels after you know a, a 10k and it just made me think of uh i think you had posted it or someone else had posted they had a little video of you after the 10k and you're just sitting on the infield there at um conference championships and you just are like <laughs> trying to breathe or something like you just looked kind of like trying to get yourself you know back awake almost
1: <laughs> yeah it's funny Pe- people thought I was like in the beginning I'm actually dancing to the song that's playing oh it's like it's all it's the song all of the lights and I like was doing the dance move for it but then I was tired and then I realized that I can't be tired because I have to run the 5k in a couple days so I needed to resuscitate myself quickly but it was a momentary act of being dramatic and i just needed to let out that collapse and then i was okay (laughs) but i was definitely very ready to be done that 10k and super eager super excited for the 5k a couple days later was just thrilled
0: (laughs) what was that double like i mean you know Obviously, you guys are doing some good training to be able to handle that. But you know, your body's still going to be a little bit tired going, you know, a 10k and then a 5k, you know, a couple of days later.
1: Yeah, it was, it's not something I've done before. I've done a steeple 5k double, but a 10k is definitely different now that I've done it in terms of how your body feels. I've I wasn't exactly excited at the time to be coming back. And I think just like putting a lot of energy into focusing in for that 10 K cause it was my first one and I knew it was going to be something I needed to like, kind of be ready for. But, um, like you said, we've been, we have to kind of train to get ready for these things, you know, at NCAAs and at the national championship, um, you know, obviously pending regional qualification, but, there's two heats of the steeple there and you it's good practice to be ready to come back and, you know, get that feeling again of running hard after you have run hard earlier in the week. So it's always a good use of training and, you know, it was my last mountain West championship. So I guess they just wanted to see me out on the track as much as they could that weekend to give it one last go in the uniform. But I definitely, felt better than I thought I would, but with about three laps to go, I was not in the 5k. I was ready to be done and did not feel incredible, but still managed to hold on just barely. But um, it was a good week of training, as Joe would say. So I guess that's job done.
0: I, I, I'll, I'll admit I did not have a chance to to watch them. They were a little late for me, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: they were for me as well.
0: Yeah. It's uh, the time, the time difference. And then the late starts were, um I, I imagine that must have been a, a little rough on you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was ready to go to bed before the 10k. Luckily, the 5k was about an hour earlier. But um, yeah, it, it took a lot of coffee to get there. But that's never an issue for me. So <laughs> um, I was really, and it just makes it difficult to sleep after as well. But Luckily, we got to sleep in a little bit the next day, so I I can't complain too much.
0: (laughs) And in going back to that 10K, you, like I said, I didn't watch it from what I heard. You ran, you know, the last uh, almost two miles, um, eight laps pretty much on your own. How uh, how mentally daunting was was that or were you still kind of just zoned out and focused on those splits?
1: Um, it definitely was a long way to run by myself. I think, yeah, I think I was on my own from about 5k to the end. Um, but I think at that time I was kind of just in a rhythm of laps and it felt better kind of getting into my rhythm instead of running behind one of the girls on our team. But it definitely was something I needed to focus in on, and I'm excited to hopefully run one in the future with people around and see what I can do in that. But honestly, for my first 10K and the dread and fear of 25 laps that I had leading into it, it wasn't as bad as I had made it out to be in my brain. But I mean, Joe was screaming in a, a blue cup the ent- every lap. So that was <laughs> entertainment on that part of the curve. and yeah, the other coaches were, were cheering. So that was nice to kind of have people around. And once I started lapping people, I think that kind of helped, um, keep things moving when I was getting into the last couple miles, but it wasn't, wasn't too bad, but definitely was a long way to go. I think I remember looking after I had gone off, I think after three miles by myself and seeing the lap counter, that was, probably a bad decision (laughs) and then i they weren't like keeping up with the lap counting because there's just a lot of people so i at one point had no idea how many laps i had and then they finally caught up and i think it was like 10 or nine at that point and i thought i had like six so i was slightly disappointed in that but we made it in the end so (laughs) that's good and i'm i'm okay with doing another one which is another good thing about another goal accomplished, I think, of not fearing doing it again. So
0: that's, that's positive. Um, yeah. Remind me how many laps around a 10 K is
1: 25. I was aware of every single one of (laughs) them. That
0: That is a a lot of circles. That's for sure. (laughs) It, It is. But I'm glad that you're, you're, um, willing to do another one if not exactly excited, but, (laughs) yeah i'll let you
1: know after the race if i was excited or not depending on how i felt
0: (laughs) that sounds fair enough um you know you've got uh, regionals coming up here soon and you Mm -hmm. already mentioned the the steeple is that going to be your main focus at regionals or are you going to be doubling or do you know yet
1: Um, I will just be doing the steeple this year. It was a conversation on doing the steeple 10K double, but um, just because the 5K this year is a bit harder compared to 2019. But I think just with this being my last season here and as well, the competition this year with the steeple is a lot higher in the west region specifically and you know it's going to be super hot there i think just being careful and being mindful of that and um i think just kind of hoping to crank out the olympic standard in the next few weeks and kind of just not biting off more than i can chew and i think trying to run a 10k before running a steeple i don't know how that would feel on the body so i think it's better to not risk it in the in my last season. But um, I'm also not too upset about not having to double back. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm sure. Uh, you mentioned there that Olympic standard, obviously, you know, this is Olympic year, that's a that's an amazing goal. And obviously, we're rooting for you. But what is the um, the selection process in in Canada?
1: So it's still kind of to be determined this year. I mean, normally it's pretty straightforward. Um, If you win the Olympic trials, you go. And then the next two are based off either um, your ranking in Canada, if you have the standard. Um, And now it's based off your IAAF ranking. But as of right now, Ontario and Canada are not doing so well with COVID and are still in full lockdown. So the trials are as of now happening the end of June, um, but we'll see. So if you make the standard, you most likely will go. Um, I think only one other person has it right now, but I'm thus far the only Canadian female to have raced a steeple in the last two years. So. Oh, wow. I guess that's, that's somewhat of a positive for me. So, um, it kind of, de- you can re- now qualify with points, um, from your IWF ranking, or you can do it from the standard. But as of right now, if the trials don't happen, I don't know what they're going to do in terms of selection. And then if they do happen, I will most likely try and go home for them just cause they're worth a lot of points. And, um, It's never a bad thing to get the opportunity to race at home, but, um, yeah, it's still quite up in the air. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what's going to happen, but trying not to worry about it too much since I have some, some other things in the way first and hoping that, you know, the, the easiest way is to get the standard. So hopefully I can just crank that out in the next couple of weeks and not have to worry about it.
0: And that's, it's a nine 30, right? Yep. Okay. And that I mean, obviously, like you talked about the the West Regional for NCA's and um, and obviously NCA Championships should provide some some good opportunities for that. Hopefully,
1: yeah, I hope so. I think um, this year in the Steeple is super deep in terms of just like a lot of people riding kind of the same area. So I think it's going to be an exciting race to watch and be a part of, and hopefully. And I I think that in order to win, um, you're going to have to be running that standard or right on it. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for the opportunity and, um, I'm ready to kind of get that standard, um, feels like my freshman year where I said I wanted to run the Olympic standard all year and was like not doing it. And then the last race I cranked it out. So I'm hoping it, it follows suit. That would be kind of a nice circle moment in terms of my ncaa career so
0: that would be pretty amazing and you know the last time you ran the ncaa championship in the steeple you were second right
1: yeah i've been second the last two times (laughs) so i'm ready to not be (laughs) second but i also don't want to be third so or fourth (laughs) when i say i don't want to be second it means there's only one way i would like to go so I just have to put that out there that there's only one place I truly would, I would rather have, but no, it's been, it's been a good experience thus far. And I'm just grateful to be healthy and allowed to come back for a sixth year to finish off some unfinished business.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's great. And I, I, I think it, there's a lot to kind of putting your tent intentions out there in the world. So yeah, um. <laughs> You know, obviously, I, I'm definitely rooting and hoping that that works out.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to speak it into fruition or manifest it, as people would say.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh going back a little bit, you ran at uh, the Mount Sac relays and um, uh, here in the beginning of May, or I guess mid-May, and mm-hmm. uh, that was a that was a pretty big race. Um, what was that experience like?
1: Yeah, it was. It was fun. It was just a fun trip in general. Just um, It was just myself and Laura and our athletic trainer, Maggie. And we had a little girl's trip to LA, which was really fun. But the race as well was good. It was nice to see Courtney. Her and I haven't raced in a steeple together since my freshman year and her last year, which was here at UNM. So that was kind of cool. But um, it wasn't exactly what I was hoping for in terms of pacing and outcome and time. But at the end of the day, I I ran a personal vest and I snuck under the 940 range and I'm starting with a a number that's better. So I can't be complaining and we're getting closer to where we want to be. And I think just improving every week. So I can't be too upset about that, but as well, i um, ready to to do some more and run a little bit faster. But it was it was a fun meet and there was a lot of Canadians there, which was super fun. It's always um exciting to have people that are like a familiar face from home around the track and also slightly disorientating. But um yeah. it was really fun to see everyone. And um a friend of mine ran a big PR and she snuck under the Olympic standard in the 5K so that, I was really excited to be there to see that as well
0: that's that's awesome it's always fun to be able to i think get out of the norm a little bit and mm-hmm. and be able to experience that and like you said you know be able to to see some people that you you might not normally see like in the ncaa um, meets
1: yeah exactly and um i had the opportunity to work with a little printing company here in albuquerque for a special singlet which was super cool and it was a big honor to wear the zia so um that was kind of fun to kind of get to wear my own thing out there and still represent uh new mexico in a more subtle way
0: i am i'm so glad you brought that up i was gonna bring up the uniform i thought it was i i um when i saw you come out with that i was like oh my god that is that is a great uniform where did it come from yeah. where did like well
1: thank you yeah it it turned out super super well um and I worked with Zia Graphics, which is here in Albuquerque, and they were so wonderful and had it made and did a really good job on the printing. And um, we got lots of compliments on it. So they did a, a great job. And, and I think it'll it'll be my favorite singlet from now on. And hopefully UNM picks it up as a, a specialty singlet for some races because I think it was a it was a nice little change from the normal, even though I do love the turquoise singlet
0: the the turquoise singlet is amazing but yeah i, I it was the f- the first thing i noticed when you came out i was like that i i want one of those <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know i should start selling them when i'm done with my eligibility the side go. hustle
0: yeah yeah i i think you'd have some buyers for sure
1: <laughs> yeah i think so too i had a lot of people message me so i'll keep it in <laughs> mind if i'm running low on funds <laughs>
0: You know, speaking about uniforms, you know, your your big goal is is to you know join on on the Olympic team for Canada. What do you think of those um, Canadian Olympic uniforms?
1: Um, it's funny. I actually had this conversation the other other week about them, and they're interesting. <laughs> I think. I would like to see Canada move away from like the black undertone and move towards more of like, like we don't have black on our flag. So I don't know why that's always kind of put as the, the main color, but I think they're better than the previous, previous singlets, but I would like to see something more like, Oh, that's Canada. I think it's really easily mistaken for like so many other places, which I know is because like Nike makes a ton of country singlets but yeah i would like to see something more like maple leaf and <laughs> people know who we are not what is this country that starts with a c that is black <laughs> white and red but you know the the fabric looks funky it looks cool i have a pair of sh- like some shorts that are like the same material that they used and they're really fun so that part i'm excited for and i mean anytime i can put on Canada, I will not complain.
0: Oh, right. Well, so and I, and um, if
1: they send me the singlet, I will willingly put it on with all the pride and I'll just wear a maple leaf somewhere else.
0: <laughs> well, I think I, I, the singlets are, yeah, that, the black is always interesting, but I actually had meant the um, the opening ceremonies. Uh,
1: oh, Canadian tuxedo. I like them. <laughs> I like them. I'm always a fan of what Hudson Bay does for the Olympic stuff. I think it's always so funny in terms of just like, it's so Canadian and just (laughs) so different than what other countries do. I love it. I think the denim jacket is fun and really out there and kind of stands out. And I think, yeah, all the years that even with the winter Olympics, like with our mittens and all the stuff that we've had in like the years I've been aware of the olympics um i've really liked and have bought stuff from hudson's bay when the olympics come around to wear in support so hopefully i get it for free this time but if not i will put it on and wear it around i think it's it's fun i know some people really hate it but (laughs) i kind of like it it's quirky and i think that's fun
0: (laughs) it is definitely definitely quirky uh Mm. i will say as quirky it is, as it is, I I do like it better than um, the USA ones.
1: Uh, yeah, the USA ones always look like they're ready to go like sailing or go to their dad's like clubhouse. But yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's also what like Ralph Lauren is. So I think it's quite fitting to that brand. So I don't yeah. think it's that bad. It looks kind of comfy and like multi-purpose. If you get invited to a a sailing regatta. <laughs>
0: that was a great way to put that
1: (laughs) there's a positive in there
0: there yeah absolutely you know i want to go back for a minute you you had talked about you know the turquoise uniforms uh for unm and you know just want to talk about the the new turquoise and cherry indoor track and you know what are your thoughts on that
1: Um, yeah, I'm jealous. I wish they would have done it a year earlier, but I will just have to come back and race on it because it looks so awesome. I kind of wish the whole thing was turquoise, but I think that might be a bit much for people's eyeballs if you walked in and it was just like, holy turquoise in your face, but (laughs) it looks super cool and it looks really fast. And, um, I think it sets Albuquerque up really well to continue to host you know, like the USA indoors. And hopefully we get a rerun of NCAAs because that was really sad to kind of have that go the way it did in terms of Albuquerque kind of getting it. And I want people to come and run at altitude and then talk about the altitude conversion after they do it. So hopefully that we get it back. And I think just it's exciting for the, the team and the athletic department and the city, it's always fun to have the meets after the college ones with, you know, the local kids and people come in. And um, I think it's just, it looks awesome. And I'm excited to see it in in action, hopefully soon.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, it definitely, like you said, it helps hopefully cement us with, you know, some of the national indoor meets and Mm -hmm. hopefully the NCAA because I mean, Albuquerque really is and has a great running community and tradition and you know a lot of people won't voluntarily come here because of that elevation and so to be able to have a facility that will draw people um, definitely will help with that hopefully
1: (laughs) yeah i'm always so shocked of like how few people train like professional teams how there's a not one in albuquerque but also just like how few people know about Albuquerque running. I think it's, it's not an underrated place. I think it's, I always say this, that it's just not rated. Like people don't even talk about it in the conversation. Whereas, you know, it's always Flagstaff or Boulder. And I mean, those places are nice. Like I've been to both of them, but I think like Albuquerque is some of like the best running that I've had. Like there's so many places to run. It's all almost always soft surface and there's the bike path if you need it for harder stuff, and um, the weather is so nice. You know, you go higher up in altitude, or you go to boulder, and it it's snowing even now. So I think Albuquerque is gonna be hopefully. Uh, people will start to appreciate it a bit more and give it the hype it deserves. So I hope that having this new track and more people coming will will start to see that.
0: I I mean I absolutely agree, um, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think it's, it is like, you know, 5,000 feet, you can easily go up higher. Mm-hmm. It's obviously a lot cheaper to live here than in Boulder. And like yes. you said, so like, thankfully, so right. And, and, and the weather, I mean, you know, you don't, you're not getting the weather that Flagstaff or Boulder are getting uh you know it's it's nice to get some exposure with the brooks Beast coming here and Mm -hmm. there's some other you know individuals that come and train but it's not always uh as out there groups
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. well-known groups
0: (laughs) exactly but you know i think hopefully you know like you said with the track seen people like like the amazing women who have come through unm and done well you know training here and and racing and i mean now alafine you know who lives in santa fe most of the time like you know for people to be able to see that hopefully you know that'll help grow grow that here
1: yeah i recently found out that she lives there and um i think that's i think santa fe would make a bit more sense for people to base out of Cause it is higher and like you have the ability to drive down to lower altitude, but um, yeah, I'm hoping that people start to realize that it's a, it's a hidden gem, but yeah, it's cool that she's up there. I haven't ever connected with her, but I feel like I should, it would be nice. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that would be awesome to to. I mean, she just seems like such a a cool down-to-earth person. I mean, as most distance runners. but
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I want her to knit me a hat. I see that she does that. Oh,
0: yeah. I would love that. They're impossible to get. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, and kind of speaking about about those pros and and kind of, um, you know, UNM runners, you talked about kind of that future a little bit and, and you know continuing running after college and and don't want to you know speak too much into the future you've got a lot left to do you know these next few months but you know what does it mean to be able to see people that you've run with run against um Carney uh Wayne Coladi Edna Kergot um even uh, and I'm I'm going to butcher her name <laughs> um but uh, Alicia uh, Kanetch—I can't even say her last name—yeah—who um, who was an assistant there at, at UNM for a year. Um, you know, be able to to grow go pro. Uh, you know, what does that mean to be able to see those women? You know, around you, you know, take that next step forward.
1: Yeah, it's exciting. I think um, you know people say you surround yourself with greatness to. You know hope to be like that and i think that's something that definitely unm and uh, my experience here has been and i hope that i'm able to you know follow in the footsteps of the people that have um you know gone pro ahead of me and um you know it's always nice to kind of have ears and experiences in those kind of groups as well and just you know see if it's something that you would be interested in and as well just like the experience in general of you know, moving to a professional career and, um, you know, getting support and, um, you know, people giving you advice. I think it's, it's something that is definitely a big benefit of being here at UNM. Um, you know, Josh with the beasts and, um, Alice, um, going as well. I think it's, it's exciting. And, you know, more recently Fiona leaving UNM. And I think it's just makes it feel more of like an achievable reality instead of, you know, a a hoping kind of dream. So, um, I'm hoping that's the case. I think just for right now, I'm trying not to think too much about it and allow it to kind of stress me out in terms of, um, that next phase, just because there are bigger things that I should need to be focusing on that are more, um, that are closer in terms of when they're going to be happening, but as well, it's definitely something I think about and, excited for hopefully the opportunity to do and you know friendly faces when you're traveling to Europe or abroad um, is always nice to have even if they're in different groups as well.
0: Yeah I think that's a that's a great great way to look at that. You know one thing that I've noticed and and people have talked about a bit but you um, tend to do some races with uh, bubblegum. Yeah where did that kind of come about? And like, I for me, it, it, like I've tried it before and it just, I, I can't do both. Like it just, it throws me out, it throws my rhythm out of whack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it started actually when I was here at UNM, when I first got here, I think just like acclimatizing to Albuquerque dryness, I think coming from mm-hmm. Seattle, especially where it's soaking wet year round, um, And then as well, where I'm from in Canada, like it's pretty hot and humid in the summer and wet and cold in the winter. So desert dry heat was not something I was really ready for um, or had experience. So I had just started doing it for workouts and um, so my mouth wasn't getting dry and like getting like cotton mouth almost. And I mean, it was working and helping in workouts. And I just, it was one of those things that it was like, well, the conversation of it's working in workouts, so why wouldn't you do it in a race? And um, yeah, it kind of just went from there and um, people thought it was really strange, but I don't know, it works. I mean, I've seen other people do it, so I I guess it can't be too strange, but I know it's also not for people. I've seen people try and do it and it not go very well and I would prefer not to be blamed for any choking that occurs. So (laughs) I think maybe trying it, on an easy run first is my advice to everyone
0: yeah it is definitely not like you said not for everyone i i've i've tried it before and i either like it it like i said it throws off my rhythm or then it ends up like just sitting in the side of my mouth for a while and i'm just like why do i have this
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it definitely took a few runs to get used to it but now it's like second nature almost, but um, yeah.
0: <laughs> and now that you've been here in Albuquerque for, for a little while, do you have a favorite place you like to go for like an easy long run?
1: Um, I love starting probably runs at Alameda. I really like it. I think it's um we don't really do it with unm so i think any opportunity i can go and run there i really like it and it's soft and there's these horses that live on someone's property that i've befriended and brought (laughs) carrots to so i always enjoy seeing them um but then as well there's i think i i do like the drive to to go to santa fe and there's a pretty nice dirt road that i found out there that's like really secluded that i that I've enjoyed. Um, and the rail trail is nice, but it's definitely, I have to psych myself up for the Hills, but yeah, anywhere honestly along the Bosque is really, really nice. And then again, when I've built up the, the courage, um, Placidas is always a, a beautiful run, but absolutely killer. So I have to really be feeling on top of the world to, to go out there, but there's just so many places. I honestly, I, enjoy running from everywhere I think just there's so many places you can start um that are soft surface or you can get to soft surface almost immediately but I think Alameda definitely is one of my one of my favorites for starting
0: I, I think that's a you can't go wrong with the bosque I mean there's so many places really to choose from uh, like Yeah, mentioned earlier so that is yeah. definitely not a bad choice at all
1: <laughs> yeah or even like the cornfields like the the I think it's those poblanos fields yes. or something yep. I'm not sure yeah but that. <laughs> that's a good spot I like going there for a double and it's just two easy loops and you don't even have to wear a watch so um and the view of the mountain is great from there so I'm a big fan of that place as well
0: you know one more question before I get to the to the final question just because I, I I think it's so cool and I, I just how cool was it to have uh a portrait painted by Julian flood is
1: oh my gosh I was so excited I I'm really close with Julian and I always see him working and doing other people's and I don't want to be annoying and being like well, I'm your friend when do I get one but I was really thinking that the whole time but I was so excited when I saw it and he didn't tell me I had no idea what was happening and um, I did cry for a while about it, just because I felt so special. And I mean, he's so talented, and um, it was really awesome, it was such an honor. And I'm excited to see what else he does, and hopefully, um, another picture of me comes through the works because I won't complain.
0: <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, I had to ask because I, I, like I said, I just I find them they're, they're amazing, and they're just, I I love when he posts them. It just the details and everything
1: it's it's crazy i mean i have an ipad and i doodle on it and i do not understand how he does what he does on that i mean he's extremely talented so i know it's that but it actually like blows my mind when i like now that i've had the experience of like trying to draw on an ipad i'm i am more blown away by him
0: i i yeah i i can't even fathom it um but I, you know, I think that's a, that's a great place to kind of wrap up. So I'll ask you the last question I ask everybody. And that is, um, what are you listening to to kind of get you pumped, get you motivated, get you out for that run or ready for finals or whatever?
1: Um, right now, I've recently been obsessed with playing the song Maneater by Nelly Furtado. It's like an old song, but for some reason I just have really been enjoying listening to it. I think I just, I feel really girl power when I listen to it. <laughs> so I, that, that plays almost at least four times a day.
0: Oh, that's and great.
1: <laughs> Especially is on the queue when I'm driving to the track.
0: That's awesome. Uh, you know, again, I appreciate your time. Definitely gonna be uh, cheering for you at regionals and um, nationals and, and hoping you hit that standard. Uh, forgot to mention you, you just recently graduated from UNM, so congratulations on that as well.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: You're welcome. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to, to add before I let you go?
1: No, everyone should tune in for regionals. We're gonna have a good group of women Buying for spot. So it's a good time to be a Lobo women's distance supporter. And we have a few men out there as well. So hope everyone watches.
0: I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time. And thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at runningnewmexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime... Keep running, New Mexico.